everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Money in Integrity podcast brought to you by worklifemoney.co. My name is Kimberly, and I'm a career mindset coach and the founder of worklifemoney.co, and I'm here to help you develop the personal growth skills to meaningfully make and manage your money to create work-life balance. How? By tackling the self-doubt, imposter syndrome, and procrastination habits that are holding you back from achieving your dream career, building that side hustle, and investing in yourself. And today we're going to be talking about how to confidently negotiate in a job interview, even if you are non-confrontational, if you are a people pleaser, introverted, shy, and really feel uncomfortable with the idea of negotiating, then this is truly the episode for you. You know, negotiating is an intimidating task for most people, but I think it is especially difficult for people who are high achievers and people pleasers like myself, mostly because it's not something we've ever had to do before. If you, you know, are a high achiever in school, you know, most of the time you didn't really have to negotiate your grades because if you you took a test and then um, whatever grade you got, you got right? You didn't have to negotiate that. And even when entering into university and into school, most of the time, you know, universities look at your transcript, they might look at other parts of your application, but you don't really have to negotiate your grades and everything kind of speak for themselves. But when you enter into the career workforce, you will need to negotiate. And I struggle this personally a lot. And I know it's very difficult for people with self-doubt or imposter syndrome because you default into a people-pleasing nature. You know, you don't want to rock the boat because you're grateful to even have a job offer and you don't want to jeopardize your chances, but really you just don't like confrontation. This was me for a really long time. Now, it's so funny um, to talk about this now later on because I was actually talking about this on a consultation client consultation call recently and I was talking to a potential client about you know overcoming self-doubt and being able to speak up in meetings and really being able to voice yourself and overcoming that imposter syndrome and overthinking that comes with it and when she asked me you know what was my experience with it It was funny because I reflected back on the fact that, you know, when I first started on my career-ish journey in public speaking or in, you know, advocating for myself, I was really shy. In high school, I was so shy in like, I remember this in like the eighth grade that I would not even want to read out a paragraph out loud in my English class because I was petrified of public speaking. And So when it came to job interviews, it was already a process for me to overcome interview nerves, which I've written about before, and I'll link an article in the show notes if you're interested in it. But it was also even more difficult for me to negotiate, to be able to confidently speak up for myself. And it's so funny that I started from there and now my job is actually negotiating for like a living. So it's really funny to watch my progression on being super shy and being, I'm still, you know, um, a people pleaser 
um, by default and being able to overcome that and be able to advocate for myself. And so that's what I really want to talk about in today's episode. And before we really deep dive and dig into it, I want to put in a quick forward about why you should be negotiating. Okay. A lot of people feel like, again, you might be just grateful to have a job offer, especially during times of like COVID and whenever you're listening to this episode, whenever the next big thing is, but you might just um, start to feel like, oh, like, you know, I, I don't want to rock the boat. And you, like many people, might also be avoiding negotiating because you love what you do so much that you would do it for free. You know, you love your job, you love what you do. And so you don't really want to, you know, ask something of another person, but negotiating is a pivotal part of a career. And it's really important to reframe our mindsets that negotiating isn't bad. It's actually problem solving. When you negotiate, you're trying to come to a solution that works for both sides of the party. You're not being demanding. You're not being entitled if you are negotiating the correct way. You are actually solving a problem. And it's important to understand that when you are negotiating for yourself, you are also negotiating your value to that company or to that um, organization. And you might feel like, like I work for um, a nonprofit or I work for a service company, you know, a public service. I don't really want to negotiate and we're going to be talking about different ways to negotiate in this episode. But one of the examples I like to keep in my head is that, you know, the CEO of nonprofits make a lot of money. The CEO of Red Cross makes over $300,000. And you might think like I did that, you know, like, why should you be paying a CEO $300,000, right? That money should be going to help other people. But it's really important important to reframe how you think about making money and not feel guilty about negotiating, not feel like it is selfish to negotiate when you ask more for your worth, because what that does is it allows you to be able to show up and bring that level of value into a company. Yes, for example, 300K is a lot of money, but running a global organization is a lot of work. So if let's pretend that position was a volunteer position, not only would no one do it full time, but you couldn't possibly get anyone with the experience that's willing to do it for less considering, you know, other CEO positions pay way more than that uh, for managing a global organization. And although it's a lot of money, there are also, it's also an organization, for example, that does a lot of work and saving, it actually saves the, the organization that much more money because they're not work, um, duplicating work, or they're not mismanaging their funds and stuff like that. And so it's well worth the money. So in order to show up to that, give that value and, um, have that, um, that, um, success, you, people need to be paid accordingly. So that is something I just wanted to talk about and to preface this episode is that when you are thinking about negotiating, really reframe your mindset that you need to be paid for the value that you're bringing so that you also show up in the best way possible. So it, because for example, if, you know, I said, 
you still need to go to your job, but you get paid half the amount that you are currently doing, you won't, you won't show up with in it with the same way. Also, it is, you're not going to be able to find anyone of, you know, that caliber uh, with that type of education if you undercut everybody by like 50%, for example. So that's why negotiating is really important. I want you to keep that in mind as I discuss how to negotiate confidently in this episode. The first thing you need to do when you feel uncomfortable with negotiating is reframe how you approach negotiation. And negotiation isn't you making demands. It is about problem solving. So the first thing that you need to do is ask a question. You know, it can be easy to think that negotiating is just comprised of, you know, business people in suits in these intensive boardrooms. But it really is about solving a problem. And to do that, you have to get the other person's perspective. So the first way to do that is actually to create a jumping off point by asking a question. And that can open up the floor to negotiations. And this can either come from you or come from the employer. So usually when you are talking about salary, you do wait for the employer to bring it up first, um, unless it was very unclear, right? Of course, you don't you don't need to bring it up as a first question in a job interview, but you do need to speak about it in the job offer. So when, for example, when an employee asks, you know, what are your salary expectations? You can answer, well, I would love to hear more about what this position entails. What is your budget for this role? So by asking a question, you're kind of deflecting um, a straight answer and you're also you know getting the other person's opinion in this problem so in this problem you're not just trying to present the solution yourself because when you are asked a question you know what is your salary expectation it's really hard to know what the other person is thinking because if you throw out a number or even a range it could be too high it could be too low um you don't know what the other person is thinking just yet so instead of trying to you know, come up with an answer right on the spot, get more information and ask what is their budget. This puts the onus back on the employer so you can avoid giving a range or a specific number. It is also gives you um, a jumping off point to start the negotiation from. So let's just say they say, oh, the budget is between 50 and 60, but you are really looking for 65. So this gives you an idea of what, how you can reframe and enter the negotiation. Or they might say, oh, this position starts off at 70, right? And your goal was really 65. Again, now you know what the other side is thinking. So when you are going into negotiation, really start it off by asking questions so you get the other person's point of view and you know how to reciprocate and you know how to respond. Now, the next thing that you need to do when you are wanting to negotiate confidently is start with gratitude. After you've asked the question and they've given you an answer or range, really come into it with a positive attitude, you know, that you are willing to work with them and 
solve this problem with this, with um, regarding this. Negotiation is about understanding the other person's side and situation. And it's important to come at this with the goal to solve a problem, not an entitlement. So if they give you a range between 50 and 60 and your ideal with 65, it's important not to just scoff at it and or um, seem really offended by the uh, by the offer because that's stressed at the starting off point, right? So after they give you a range or a number and negotiation terms, etc., thank them. Tell them that you really appreciate this opportunity. Um, and if the offer, if they have made it, but move forward with the negotiation by asking another question. You can say, thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm so excited to be a part of this team. But based on my research, positions with this these responsibilities are usually paid this amount. Is there room to negotiate? Again, it doesn't have to sound entitled or demanding and saying like, oh, I I deserve to be paid $65,000, not 50 to 60, right? You're really approaching this by saying, I would love to work with your team. You are willing to work with them. You want to come to a solution to this problem with them. So that is why it's really important to start with gratitude. And after you do that, make sure you back it up with facts. And this is why you actually need to do research before you go into a job interview. When you're going into a job interview and the salary isn't um, written directly on the posting, and even if it is, um, it's important to actually be able to negotiate the salary there as well. But what you need to do is make sure that you have a really good idea of what position, what the average salary is paid for this type of position in your area. And you can do this by using glassdoor.com or another salary comparison website to see the average salary. But it's also important to look at, you know, not only look at comparable companies and see, okay, like what does everyone else seem to be paying for this type of position, but also see what responsibilities actually equate to what kind of salary expectations there are. What I mean by this is your role, pretend you're going for a job and it actually has supervisionary responsibilities as a part of it, even though usually it doesn't. But this for this role, it does. If it has that component, it should be compensated accordingly. So even if you're looking at average salaries in your areas, and it's usually around 60K, um, but you notice that for this position, there is, you also have to manage like two assistants or two young, um, uh, junior employees. You need to be able to confidently say and be and know that that also requ requires additional compensation. So for other companies, if they don't require any supervisional activities, then yeah, like 60K is fine. But if for yours, maybe you should be looking at 70K or 75K instead. It's really important to have all of this information and to be very knowledgeable about your industry and your position. And if you don't have any friends that you know do the same job as you, because really, one of the greatest things that I think it's important is that for us to be open about our salaries. But if you don't have that, then really look to a site like Glassdoor because it is so helpful.
Now, if there is no room to negotiate salary, make sure you are negotiating other terms, especially if you work in the public service or a union environment, there might already be a set range. And of course, you can negotiate within that range, but know that the hiring managers themselves cannot deviate or go outside of that range. So if you are looking at a public service job, the usually the salaries are posted on the job posting, but you can always look at a collective agreement and see what the or go onto their website and see um, what the range is itself. If you can't negotiate salary, make sure you're negotiating other terms such as education, paid time off, vacation, work from home flexibility, and anything else that can be included in your role. I know people who have negotiated parking spaces at their work because parking can be really expensive if your company organization doesn't have free parking, and it's also just kind of annoying to constantly find. Everything is negotiable. The one thing that I really like to have included in my contracts is education because I am so, I love learning and I am so willing to, you know, take more courses and do more learning, but I just don't like paying for all of it. So that is a component that is really important to me. But and personally, I actually don't really like work from home. So that component is not at all important to me. But really look at what works best for you. I also am the type of person that I don't really need a higher salary necessarily just because I'm very comfortable where I am. If I could get anything as a part of my work contracts, it would be more paid time off. I love having that separation from my work and my um, uh, my personal life. And I love being able to go on vacation. And again, there are so many parts of a job that can be negotiable. Personally, because I'm Canadian, healthcare benefits, that is great. Like I have a part of my um, benefits, laser eye surgery, which I took like two last year, two years ago. And it's amazing. 2020 vision is like the best thing that I've ever done. But if you know, you might be from the United States, you might want to negotiate something like healthcare benefits or maternity leave. Everything is negotiable and it's really about finding and solving this problem for you. Now, as you close off the negotiation, it's really important to end it with a positive point. So up until now, you have opened up the table for negotiations by asking a question, asking the employer what is their budget. And you have started off your answer with gratitude by thanking them for this opportunity and letting them know how much you want to be a part of this team and that you're willing to find a solution to this answer. Then you backed up your um, your terms with facts with um, and research that you have done about your position. And if for any reason there wasn't room to negotiate salary, you've also added in additional negotiation terms like education, vacation, work from home, flexibility, etc. When you are closing off the negotiation, it's really important to avoid the word 
fair and the concept of fairness in negotiation and instead aim for what is right. Now, this is a concept that I learned from Chris Voss, who wrote the book, Never Split the Difference. And I feel like I talk about him in every single one of my episodes about negotiations, but his book was a really big turning point for me because uh, it gives so much information about negotiating from a different point of view. And one of the things that he talks about is the idea of fairness is subjective. You know, when you are trying to argue what is fair, quote unquote, in a negotiation, it invalidates the other person's point of view. It That's the type of negotiation that makes people feel like you're bullying them into agreeing with you. Instead of trying to find a solution to the problem that's quote unquote fair, aim to to reach the idea of what is right in the negotiation. People love to be right and feel like they're doing the right thing, not begrudgingly being bulldozed into decision they don't wanna do. That's when negotiations turn hostile, resentful, and that's why most people prefer to avoid them. So instead of approaching negotiations by what with what you think is quote unquote fair, create statements in which the other person will respond, that's right. For example, if you are going to be taking on additional supervisory responsibilities, it's really important that you are compensated for it. And again, really aiming for what is right in a negotiation is how to approach it when you want to bring it up to the employer. So what you can say is, oh, I see that supervisionary responsibilities are a part of this role. Can you confirm that and expand on it? And the employer will usually say, yes, you will have to manage two junior employees and they might go into um, more details about it, but they will say, that's right. So after they respond, you can, first of all, start off with gratitude, like we had talked about before by saying, oh, wow, that sounds great. I'm really excited at the opportunity to work with these two other employees. Based on my research, roles with additional supervisionary responsibilities as a supervisor usually have a 60 to 70K range. Would you agree with that? Is that your experience? And usually they'll say, that's right, because that is what other people do, is that when you have additional responsibilities as a part of a role, they need to be compensated for it. So as you are aiming for more and more of these right answers instead of fair answers, you'll be able to allow them to open their minds to solving this problem and negotiating as well because they don't want to create that cognitive dissonance with themselves. So if you don't know, cognitive dissonance is when you have two conflicting ideas and the way that you act actually um, contradicts with the way you're thinking. So you and people tend to try to avoid it. So if you give them the idea of what's right, like the salary range, 
forth um, a role with supervisionary responsibilities is from the 60 to 70K, not the 50 to 60K. What you're doing is you're putting it into their mind that, oh, this is the right thing to do. And that allows them to come to the negotiation and agree with you on their own instead of feeling like they got bullied into it. Negotiating is all about problem solving. You're not pushing your opinions on other people. You're opening your idea and your uh, mind and their minds into solving this problem with from different angles and with different solutions. So that is how you can negotiate confidently when you are introverted, when you're shy, and when you're non-confrontational and a people pleaser. Because At the end of the day, all we really talked about was asking questions and coming from gratitude. And if you are a high achiever, you already know how to do those things, right? You already know how to ask questions. You already know how to be thankful to somebody and you already know how to research. So it's negotiation. It's just combining all of those things together to solve the problem. You don't have to think about negotiating as sleazy, as really intensive or difficult. It is really about coming to a solution. And after you present them with the solution and present with them with the options, it's really important to hold your ground and not break. So after you talk about the negotiations, usually many employers will probably say, you know, um, thank you for you know, coming in or talking with us, um, you're going to have to check with HR, they're going to have to check with their team or something like that, right? And it's really important not to break at that point and to concede in the negotiation because what you did was really present what is right. It, it, you aren't, um, bullying anyone into a decision. You've given them options. You've given them facts to back up your discussions and also, Remember that employers expect you to negotiate. It's a part of the whole hiring process. Um, The things that they put on the job posting and when they enter into the hiring job process, they know that this is going to be a part of the problem. This is going to be a part of the process as well. So they're expecting it. It's not like you are the first person to ever negotiate with them. So don't come at it with that kind of intimidation factor like this is going to be so groundbreaking for them that's going to shatter them and they're going to withdraw their offer anyone who has worked in hr or has a hiring team knows that this is just a part of the job search process anyways i hope that you have enjoyed this episode and really rethink the way you approach negotiations. I know it can be very difficult. I didn't do it for an extremely long time because I was so not confrontational. I would like literally do anything else. I would go out of my way to avoid confrontation. And I would be more than happy to take like a salary cut just because I didn't want to negotiate because it felt so difficult for me to do. And there was so many like self-doubt. There was so much self-doubt. There was so much overthinking going on in my head. And unfortunately, that does also have physiolo- physiological um, uh, consequences for me as well. So when 
that happens. I like turn bright red. I get a stomach ache. I stutter. I can't create a coherent sentence. Um, I get really nervous and it really does show. So that's why I avoided negotiations and any kind of confrontation for a really long time. But after you reframe your mindset, when it comes to negotiation, it becomes easier. And if you need additional one-on-one help with that, please look into my one-on-one coaching program. I have a few spots left and I would love to help you get over that self-doubt and overthinking and people-pleasing nature in order to really step into your full career potential. But thank you so much for listening to this episode. I will talk to you soon and As always, I'm cheering you on. If you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Money in Integrity podcast, I highly encourage you to leave a review at iTunes, Spotify, or from wherever you're listening from. This helps more people discover the podcast and become a part of this community. Remember, we're all in this work-life money thing together.